setting fire to the stoner stereotype, sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Please welcome the host of Burning Issues, Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Welcome back to Burning Issues, where we burn away the cannabis myths with science. As many of you know, I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I also pen the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Today we'll chat about the crazy world of cannabis media with the host and producer of Marijuana Straight Talk, Becca Williams. We'll also have a discussion of cannabis use disorder on the new chapter of Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. Many of you know Becca's show from the Free Speech Network. Becca's a fellow Midwesterner, a Sioux City native who's anchored and produced news shows for some time. She's also quite the marijuana media maven. She's watched the cannabis world go through some wild changes and lived through some crazy times herself. Becca Williams, welcome to the show. Crazy, Mitch. It's really (laughs) great to be here. (laughs) Superb. Hey, can you give our listeners the lowdown on Free Speech TV? Oh, absolutely. So the show that I'm producing and hosting is called Marijuana Straight Talk. And Free Speech TV is the national progressive television network that said to us, we're going to give you a green light to do a show that educates and illuminates the culture that is evolving here as we go through the legalization. And so, you know, with a deep background as an executive television producer, and working for National Public Radio in the affiliate in Chicago, which is all about storytelling. I mean, I was just gassed for this. And we are so excited to be working with Free Speech TV because they're very progressive. They don't take any money from the feds. That's why we can do this, because the other National Public Television Network can't do it, PBS, Public Broadcasting, And that's because they take money from the feds. And free speech is viewer-supported. So that's where we're at. And the beautiful part is they are on Dish and DirecTV to the tune of, get this, a universe of 40 million households. That's just superb. And I think the take-home message may be never take money from the feds. Um, (laughs) Can you just let everybody know the website address for the show so I don't forget? I'm thrilled to do that. It's so for the the oldies and the newbies among us, MJ is short for marijuana. It's a affectionate abbreviation. And that's mjstraighttalk.com. And Super. you can learn all about the show there. Remember, there's two T's, one in straight, one in talk. It's a mouthful, but it really makes a lot of sense. And I, I loved the conceit around straight, saying straight talk in the whole world of marijuana. <laughs> exactly, exactly. A lot of my friends get a big kick out of that. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I got to admit, I envy you the visuals, especially during that artistic say segment. Can you tell us about that and how you got the idea and what it is? Oh, you're asking all the right questions, Mitch. I love this. I love this segment because what our show is about is really embracing 
our cannabis community and those newbies among us and those who may have no interaction with cannabis at all, but really want to know more about it. And so we're doing that. And one of the things that's been going on that has been a long, enduring approach to embracing the plant is artists coming forward in various ways. And there are a number of them out there at the grassroots level, right? You know, they're, they're sort of new and coming up, but they've done enough to write a song about how they embrace the plant and they've put it to video, And so we want to introduce, what we're doing is weaving our cannabis community together. And with this national platform on Free Speech TV, we are so able to do that. So let's let the people in Maine know what uh, the people in Arizona are doing and are up to. And, you know, we're not all that similar. In fact, we're all very similar. And that's the idea of exploring this. One out of many. It's it's super great. I feel like I'm torn myself because when you call it marijuana straight talk or I've got burning issues, I'm on cannabis radio, things like that. I'm worried that sometimes we're just preaching to the choir, as they say. Do you feel like we can make the leap out to the folks who are on the other side? You know, the way I look at it is that what's the latest poll? I think the percentage of Americans who say they want cannabis legalized just went from 58 percent to 61. Did you hear that? I think Indeed it was, I did. Yeah, who was doing that? Not Gallup. AP. Oh, is it? AP. I'm pretty sure. And so that means, so if I do my math here, you know, 61% of the country wants cannabis legalized. And so that means, what, 39% are sitting on the fence. And that's not because, no, I don't want anything to do with it. That's, you know, I don't really understand this, you know. And they've been, we have been under siege for the last 80 years. And that's not even talking about being caught up in the war on drugs. I mean, it seamlessly went from the Anslinger days to the war on drugs, right? And so right now, which was absurd on the face of it, so we're at the cusp of the emergence of the above-ground cannabis community now. And we are early in doing that. And I don't know where I was going with this. I forget your question, actually. <laughs> just, just how are we going to reach the folks, that, that 39% who still aren't quite on our side? And it seems like you're saying, hey, information will do the trick. Yes, information framed in an inviting way and legitimate way. I mean, what we're doing, this is a, you know, I look at it as a rare cutting edge opportunity for us because we are bringing to the fore thoughtful professional reporting and commentary. So we have, for instance, commentary. Uh, We have Leland Rucker, you know, our senior cannabis correspondent who's talking about the, uh, the ironies and how asinine it is to compare, for instance, pharmaceuticals and marijuana and, you know, the four hour erections that, you know, you get with Viagra. And Leland would say, you know, I don't even think I'd be able to survive the four hour erection. (laughs) And marijuana does nothing and does none of that. That's a great example. I noticed you're super candid about, you know, the pros and cons and, and cannabis is a negative side, too. You had a great segment in episode three about cannabis use disorder. Can you tell me what inspired that and how it went? Yeah, I like that. Cannabis use disorder. I'm going to use that. I've been calling it cannabis dependence, and that just doesn't quite hit the nail on the head either. And for certain, cannabis addiction, for God's sakes, doesn't hit it. 
I agree wholeheartedly. You had somebody come in and actually discuss her own problems with the plant. What was that like? Yes, and we're going to have her back. I think part of the responsibility, straight talk is just that. Part of the responsibility is covering all sides. And what we have done is moved the frame. You know, I, I worked in mainstream media for a long time. And the frame is, let's take marijuana, for example, or cannabis, for example. You'll have two people on the set. And one says, yeah, you know, marijuana is really good. And then the other one says, no, marijuana is really bad. And it just goes up, you know, in vapidity. And what we're doing is we're reframing the conversation to understand that the unfolding and evolution of legalization is certainly going to lead to building a culture around this and developing one. And that means that we want to have the leading voices talking about how best to do that. And so one of the pieces is, of course, that whole cohort out there, the, you know, there's a community that is looking to escape. And whether it's being in front of a screen all the time or eating too much or drinking too much or too much nicotine or escaping through cannabis. And we know that cannabis is one of the least addictive substances that's out there, yet it is possible because there are some of us, a lot of us who are looking for an escape and using cannabis. And so how do we pull ourselves back from that? If you know someone or you are someone who feels like you are depending on cannabis more than you would like to, then, you know, how do you explore that piece of it? And I think that that's, you know, that's the whole piece around taking responsibility for delivering this information. Yeah, that candor really adds to the credibility of the show. It's delightful. Hey, as my cannabis radio brother Vivian McPeak would say, we've got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. We'll be right back with more burning issues. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good pot, that's bad pot. We don't need any of that. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues. Only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back at Burning Issues with Rebecca Williams, 
And just wanted to ask, Rebecca, you've got this idea about a Cannabis Liberation Day, a kind of reframing, if you will, of 420. Can you pitch that idea to our listeners? <laughs> yes, I think, I think that, you know, as our culture evolves and develops from decades of illegalities, it also emerges into new realms with new light shown on it. So, for instance, the trajectory toward medical cannabis and all that that does for our physical, emotional, and mental bodies. And the world, you know, the planet and how good it is, how, you know, how the promise that hemp holds for really replacing fossil fuels, you know, carbon-based fuels. And so... Where am I going with this? I mean, the bottom line is Cannabis Liberation Day could be a, a different way of looking at 420 as not just a party, but real revolution. Thank you. I just, I really want to hand it to you, and I'm, I'm going to join you in that reframe, because I, I think 420 is a wonderful idea nationally, but it's getting a, an odd, lazy, degenerate reputation, and that's not what we want. Odd, lazy, degenerate and celebratory too, Mitch. I don't want oh, to leave that out. Absolutely. And I, so I think that there's room for all sorts of perspectives and celebrations. And Cannabis Liberation Day seems to be able to hold our new space well, maybe, you know, better than the, the five Waldos who, you know, get together to commemorate, you know, the area of their high school where they, you know, lit up a doobie. Exactly. Exactly. And you guys also had a splendid segment on cannabis use in our veterans, and I'm just eager to get your opinions on the predicament those men and women face. You're going to make me cry. That issue is just so nagging. Our government sends all these young men and women over there because a lot of the men and women who go into the military don't have a lot of options. And others go by choice. I mean, everybody goes by choice, right? But... When they come back broken and bloodied, our federal government that is plowing billions, maybe it's trillions, of bucks into the military for the oil wars and then sends our people back and doesn't give them the proper support in all ways. And cannabis being one of those, it's just a pity. And it could be changed so easily. So I really believe that the veterans also are pivotal to our story unfolding because the veterans, if we empower them to speak up and talk about this, and there's more and more coming out every day that will eventually turn this tide. It's all of us. It's all of us as a community. What you know, We look around our neighborhood and go, what can I do? I am a military vet, and as a military vet, I can make some noise about this. You know, I'm a parent of a sick child. I can make some noise about this. I'm a person with a health melody. I can make some noise about this. I count on cannabis for my well-being. I can make some noise about this. And so that, along with us marrying as our underwriters on this show, businesses that are really all about social good, using influence, you know, to create positive change in their sector and promoting social justice and equity and and acceptance. I mean, why not, you know, set a couple of jobs aside for, you know, young men of color who were swept up in, in the war on drugs, things like that. Exactly, exactly. Wow, I couldn't agree more. It's super exciting. 
how do people react when they find out what you're up to here? What kind of questions do you get most often? It all depends on what group I, I parachute into. I go to Florida. I'm from Florida. I moved here in November in order to be closer to free speech because it's the studio where we're shooting out of. And at the same time, how fortuitously, it's one of the leading states in the union around cannabis legalization. So it was really a win-win for me. And so having come from a have-not state, of course, to what I call a have state, in fact, a have-have state, Colorado, there are stark differences in how you talk to people because people in Colorado are so acquainted with that conversation that it's much easier to have. And in Florida, you really got to suss it out before you go in there. Well, it's curious. I have some old friends who are in Denver now who grew up in St. Louis where I did and who really aren't part of the movement. And they're feeling a little overwhelmed by it all, that it's, that it's just getting to be a little too much. That wasn't my read when I visited, but I wanted to get your side of it. This is the way I look at it. And, of course, I obviously am, am biased and look through it through a certain lens. I think Colorado has really been very tidy about it. And, of course, it, it goes municipality by municipality. And living in Denver, that's the broader scope that I have. And in Denver, if you don't want to be part of it, yeah, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, you drive past storefronts that are dispensaries just like, you know, a drugstore or a bookstore or whatever else. And there's no, you know... There's no billboards. There's no, you, you don't, I, I don't feel that it's invasive at all. Yet at the same time, it's there when I want it to be. <laughs> That's just a great way to, to live, I think. And I got to admit, I, I do have a, a bit of envy. The only other thing I was going to ask is how did you get in the movement in the first place? Could you let us know how you got in the movement? Yes. So first of all, I really want to thank and acknowledge all of those big shoulders that we've been standing on, you know, in the, in the contemporary era right now, right here, because it has been a movement. That's what it's all about, Mitch. And I'm only here because a lot of other courageous people with integrity step forward and were perseverant around nudging this along and continue to do that. And so I am most grateful for that always all the time in this movement. And the way I got involved shortly is actually two things on two fronts. I came from a deeply abusive childhood and came away with a lot of trauma in my life, panic and fear. And I found that cannabis, once I got into college, cannabis was really an antidote to that for me and allowed me to be clearer and being able to have, you know, practice well-being. And also I went back to school. I'm a reporter in my profession. And I went back to school and studied nutrition in order to be able to explore alternative and holistic approaches to health. And so that I could write about that. And I was actually the national health editor for a chain of magazines for a few years. And I owned and published a magazine in Vancouver that was very focused on natural and holistic health. And of course, so when I started doing that, there were a lot of people who came forward and said, well, I use cannabis, you know, for pain relief. And that's where it became on, came on my radar like that in the late 90s. But I just, I was working for a family operation, family network, you know, magazines, and I just couldn't introduce something illegal into that mix. And that's why I go back to, you know, our advocates and activists who really stood up regardless. That's great. Hey, we've been talking with Becca Williams of Marijuana Straight Talk. Check out her show at mjstraighttalk.com. 
And we'll be right back with a new chapter of Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. Please stay tuned. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Burning Issues. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine with our next chapter of Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. Here's the part of our show that encourages all our listeners to take good care of themselves and each other. Hey, this is how we support the Cannabis Crusade. I'm getting a lot of emails lately about the diagnosis of cannabis use disorder and I just want to straighten out a few things with the diagnosis. You guys know I'm not a big fan of diagnostic categories, but I also want to avoid cannabis problems. If you're really worried about your cannabis use, you can always email me at 420research at gmail.com. That's 420research at gmail.com. As our regular listeners know, I'd much rather focus on problems than whether you deserve a label or don't. So, if you're going to high school high, I got to tell you, you're wasting your time. It's just impossible to encode new information. That's how our hippocampus works. If you wonder why everybody hates you at work and you're going to work high, maybe it's time to try a week at work without the plant. Odds are high you're either being paranoid or you're taking too long to learn the job. But the diagnosis itself only requires two symptoms now with this new DSM-5. And I wanted to just walk through what those are. The first one is you succeeds in tension, and that just means you start out thinking you're just going to do one bowl, and you end up doing a bunch. If you know you start with a gram and end up with a quarter ounce gone, odds are high that's problematic. I don't think this is common for us. It's more common in hard drugs. The second symptom is failed attempts to quit, so you're trying to quit but you can't, or constant desire. So if you're obsessed with it, you can't stop thinking about it, you can't wait till your next use – Odds are high it's time to take a little time off. Now, time lost to intoxication or recovering from the drug like a hangover or attempting to obtain it is the third symptom. And this one drives me nuts, as you can imagine. If attempting to obtain it is part of the diagnosis, we're at a real disadvantage because our 
drug of choice happens to be illegal. So I don't take this one real seriously. But if you're spending a lot of time intoxicated and not really getting your work done, or if you're recovering from some cannabis hangover, which I've never heard of and barely seen in the literature, of course it's time to take a little time off. The fourth symptom is craving or a strong desire to urge or urge to use. And I find this one also a little problematic. I can't replicate the craving much in my lab, and I've gotten people who've only smoked cannabis once to claim that they're craving also. So I think this is one where I don't know if it really generalizes from, say, the crack cocaine or alcohol literature. The fifth symptom is failure to fulfill obligations. And this is the big one. If you're messing up at work or you're messing up at home or you're messing up at school, that's the thing that I think is really important. If you're messing up as a parent or a tenant, hey, it's time to wake up. No kidding. Please take this one seriously because this is what every prohibitionist beats us up with. And even if you're disabled for some other reason, the plant will take the blame. So you're going to help the cause by maintaining a problem-free approach to use. The sixth symptom is continued use despite social problems, and that's just a fancy way of saying your relatives or your friends or in your social circle are grousing at you for being stoned all the time. You know if this is happening, and you know if you're the one person who has all friends who are also cannabis dependent. The seventh symptom is reduced activities because of drug use. So if you used to play a musical instrument and cook and write poetry and things like that, and now you just get high and watch TV, you could have a much fuller life often by putting down the vaporizer. So I find these folks who have this symptom symptom are often masking depression, and it might be worth it to go to your local mental health center or check out my homies at abct.org, abct.org, and find a good therapist in your area. If you really are depressed, cannabis may not be the most efficient way to get over it. Uh, The eighth symptom is use in unsafe settings. That's just driving or operating heavy machinery. And the ninth symptom is continued use despite psychological or medical problems. Now, this is a fancy way of saying you've got a psychotic disorder or you've got lung problems or you've got something that would make it clear that you shouldn't use the plant and you're doing it anyway. Finally, we've got the hallmarks of the old dependence diagnosis, tolerance and withdrawal. Now, these are hard to assess. I think some of the modern withdrawal scales are a crack of hooey. But if you're irritable and angry before you get that first toke, you might have this as a symptom. Tolerance usually means it takes more to get high than it used to. So if you had uh, an old sort of one-hit wonder and and suddenly it's just not working anymore, it's probably not because the pot has weakened. If you get a standard 10 milligram edible and that ain't what it once was, well, that's another sign. Or if your cannabis bills keep going up every month, each month the time has to come, well, it's probably just time to take a little time off. Hey, thanks for listening to Burning Issues at CannabisRadio.com. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and iTunes. My hearty thanks to all the Cannabis Radio production wizards and our guest, Becca Williams of Marijuana Straight Talk. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart and let the data be your guide.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.